Hallelujah. Before we pray, I want to, I wrote this down. We have been saying this for the past couple months. Valley Community Church is a healed church. There is no more mourning. We are walking in victory because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. There is a new window of opportunity. And that window of opportunity is not really a time frame, but it is a place that we are to go. It is a focus that we are to have. And this is not just for Valley Community, but this is for many churches in our nation and around the world. One of the statements that we should be saying on a daily basis is, it is well. It is well. God is, has done a culture shift at Valley Community Church. The culture shift is the way of life or the way we do things. God has brought out this shift and it has created a new outlook on things. It has created a new attitude towards Christ and the church. It produces new values because the word has become number one at Valley Community Church. For years, the word was preached at Valley, but the word was not number one. Today, the word of God is number one. And because the word of God is number one, God will bless us. He will honor us for that. Our goals have changed and what it will do now, that there will be new customs that God will produce at Valley Community Church. The Lord has brought, and, and you know some of you, the Lord has brought you from thousands of miles away to come and to be a part of the spiritual strength that helped produce this culture shift at Valley Community Church. You know who you are. God has given some of you a time frame, and the time frame is that you have been here for years and for decades, and you have been chosen by God to be a lighthouse, to shine in this new culture. And so in this, the next part of our series, the next half of the series that we began, A Lifestyle That Gives, we're now going to begin to show you what Christ did, all right? Now I am shifting from word and knowledge and a prophetic word, now I am shifting to teaching right now before we pray. And now in the teaching aspect, what I want you to understand is that God has brought us into a place in a realm of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5 through 7, or half of chapter 7, it is a story of the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke chapter 6, it is a story of the Sermon on the Mount. Luke adds to 
what Matthew gave. And in the Sermon on the Mount, what we find in the Gospels, the Gospels are the transition from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. The Gospels are a a change of culture that God's people needed to see. Before it was the king, the priest, and the prophet, the Holy Spirit would come upon them, they would speak, and the church or the people, Israel, the people who knew God, would literally uh, take that as from God, as his word, and they would live it out. The transition now, and it was so eloquently stated by Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan, you have to write a, a, a short booklet on that. The, what I'm, going, I'm not going to eloquently state it, but bottom line, what happened here was that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, there was a total transition. Now, the Holy Spirit, who represents Christ, lives inside you. And you now walk in a newness of life, a new culture, a new, new kingdom. It's a kingdom of new covenant. It is something that is real. It's tangible. You can taste it. You can feel it. You can live it. Everything about it is so pure, and it's holy, and it's inside you. You have the ability to live this out. And I am now prophetically speaking to you in the teaching, and the next few weeks, I will prophetically be teaching you. And this is going to other nations also, because there are nations that are going to be transformed. Dr. Remy in the Bahamas is going to be transformed because of the reality of a, a culture shift that's taking place in America and in our world, and it's coming from the church. The church is now moving into the, the, the group of people or the nation that is going to change all nations. There is a move of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our world. Lord, we could literally say that we could become nation changers. We can say that we could become city changers, state changers, country changers. But in Jesus' name right now, we're going to state that we are those that are walking in the kingdom of God in this new realm, a new culture, a new way of thinking, a new way of speaking, a new way of living our lives. Not because it's something brand new, but it's because of the revelation, Holy Spirit, you are giving us. And we pray this now as we get in the Word of God, that it will just become so clear in our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. High five someone before you are seated. Amen. God bless you. Again, it's so good to see you today. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 7 and Luke chapter 6. We are continuing our journey of a lifestyle that gives. Prophetically and also what God is demanding of us in the window of opportunity in the season that we're living in, 
he is developing a culture of the heart, learning what giving is and how to give. Learning how to give financially, how to give love, how to give kindness, serving others, and being a blessing to others. This is my goal today, and listen very closely. We must realize that giving is a heart issue. It's not really about what you are giving or how you are giving. It is about the heart. God must do something in every one of our hearts. He wants to change your heart and mine. Your spirit is brand new. If you become born again, your spirit has become brand new. The Bible says, all things have passed away. Behold, all things of your spirit is new. We are born in this world as takers. And we are reborn or born again as givers. So I want you to understand that in the flesh, every one of us are takers. In the flesh, selfishness rules. There's not one person in this house that in the flesh that you have defeated selfishness and being a taker. When you received Jesus Christ, what took place not only of your spirit, what took place was a victory that the world and the culture of the world was overcome by the blood of the Lamb, and you and I now have become born-again givers, but we don't know what that means. And a lot of times we fall back into the selfishness. You are recreated a giver. You have the ability to do everything that God has established in the new covenant. In the culture of the new covenant of giving, God has established it in you. You have the power <clears throat> to overcome. You have the power to literally stand in the situations that used to tick you off and make you mad and make you do things you don't want to do. You have the ability, because you are born again, to give in that area and it not to overwhelm you, but you with the heart of a giver to be able to overcome the junk that is in this world. You have victory. There's not one person in this house that is born again. If you're not born again, today's the day. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Church, family, every day your passion should be that you bring someone in that you have befriended that does not know Jesus. So we can lead them to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, just lead them to Jesus Christ and bring them in to be discipled. Amen? Amen? What I am telling you is we really are givers. 
and we want to give. Your thinking, who you are, is absolutely overwhelmed by wanting to give. That's why in many instances, you, some of you are living your life with condemnation. Because you're battling who you really are. But even though this is true, God has to do some work in my, our hearts, rooting out some selfishness. I know people who are so selfish, it oozes out of their pores. I'm glad none of you are hiding, because I'm not talking about you. (laughs) And what we're going to find out in today's message is that our scripture that many pastors preach, and they preach, and it's about money, and God's not talking about money. It includes money. But it's literally talking about rooting out selfishness in our life so that we really begin to live in a culture, in a way of doing things, and we need to understand the outlook, the attitudes, the values, the goals, and the customs, that we do things different. Why? Because we know who we are. Matthew 7, verse 1 and 2. As you're turning there, let me ask you this question. See, or make the statement, see if you know the topic here as I read. Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. I wonder what topic this is. The topic is judging. Now follow me. There is a method to my madness. Let's continue. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This says, if I have a judgmental, critical spirit, that will come back to me. The same measure I dish it out will be the same measure dished back to me. So here's my question. In these two verses, was there anything about money? The answer is no. We don't see the word money in these two verses. So the context is obviously judging. Matthew 5 through 7, again, is the Sermon on the Mount. Luke records a Sermon on the Mount and then gives us some details Matthew doesn't give. All right? So I I want you to turn now to Luke 6, and, and let me show you Luke's writing is on the same experience, the Sermon on the Mount, but he says something, he adds something to it. So before we read Luke 6, let's remember phrases from Matthew 7. The first phrase, judge not and you won't be judged. Everyone remember that? The last phrase, verse 2 of Matthew 7, 
For with the same measure you use it will be measured back to you. So judge not and you will not be judged. And for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So now let me show you what Luke 6 says. And it's the same sermon, the same Sermon on the Mount. But now this is Luke who is writing. Something is added in Luke 6, but the context is the same. What is the context? Okay, that's what we need to look at. Luke 6, verse 37. Here's the method, again, to my madness. Luke 6, 37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. There's nothing different. That was stated. But the last part, verse 38, says, For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Again, one more time, what is the context of this? Judging. It's not money. It's judging. So Luke 6, 37, now with this in mind, says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, excuse me, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Thank you. Now, most of the time, again, when the pastor teaches on verse 38, what is his context? He's always talking about money. Did you, again, see the word money in verse 38? The answer is no. The context was judging. We agreed on that, right? Context was judging. But it does say give. But you can give flowers. Are you following me? Some of you say, um, well, maybe. You can give kindness to people. You can give criticism to people. You can give love to people. Church, it just says give. Now, in Luke 6.38, the word give... <clears throat> Remember, I don't like English, but I do know English and I can study it. The word give is the verb or the action word. In in Luke 6.38, the word you is the implied subject. So this verse says, you give it, whatever it is, will be given back to you. Now, Jesus says this, you give and whatever it is that you give is going to be given back to you. You give love, love is given back to you. You give kindness, kindness is given back to you. The context of Matthew 7 and Luke 6 is don't judge and judgment won't be given back to you. And if you judge, Judgment will be given back to you. 
So what is the Lord saying to us? What is the Lord saying to the church? As he was doing in the Sermon on the Mount, he was transitioning from the Old Covenant to the New. The New Covenant, the church began, Acts chapter 2. But what he was doing was saying, folks, there's going to be a culture shift. And the law will be fulfilled. But now the law and every kingdom principle must be delivered or lived out through your life because now you are the one that has the power of the giving. And what I want to tell you is that anytime the church or someone stands on a platform and talks about giving, about a third of the church gets angry because they think it's always about money. And we've already learned that the money is the test. What's behind the returning of the tithe? What's behind the giving of your offering? What's behind loving? What's behind forgiving? What's behind all of that is literally being a giver. It's a culture shift. It is something that is different. No longer do you come to church expecting the church to fulfill your need. It is God who fulfills your need. You come to the church to be equipped for the work of your ministry so that you do ministry either at the church or outside the church. That the church is no longer a a playpen for little children. Oops. The church is a church of people who come, who love Jesus with all their heart, and they know that they are givers, and they give even though no one gives to them in return. But God said, if you will understand the culture of the church rightly in giving, then you're not expecting anything returned. But he's saying, I promise you, in my kingdom, if you live out, you're a giver, you love people, you forgive people, you live your life this way, I will make sure it comes back to you. Running over. But if you come with an attitude of getting, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, if you condemn, condemnation will be given back to you. If you forgive, forgiveness will be given back to you. Wouldn't it be, (laughs) I'm just going to say this way, this is the way I talk to myself. Wouldn't it be smart if I wanted people to forgive me, to love me, to care for me, to, to um, like me? Wouldn't it be smart that I did all that back or I did that first? Wouldn't it be smart if it's always going to be given back to me? The kingdom will make sure it happens. Might not happen tomorrow, Monday, but it could happen Tuesday or even next year. Doesn't matter. You see, the heart is that I'm a giver. So follow from Matthew's writing to Luke's writing. Luke tells us, Jesus says, good measure, pressed down, 
shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. A principle in the kingdom of God is you get back more than you give. That doesn't happen to me. I do that in my family and all they do is just walk all over me. I give and it doesn't. Now, watch this. This is throughout your life. If you sow one apple seed, do you get back one apple seed? If you put apple seed in the ground, do you get back one apple seed? The answer is no. If you sow apple seed, you get back a tree. That has many apples, and each apple has many seeds. Now follow. God always multiplies whatever you sow. I grew up basically in farm country, Michigan. My backyard, after my backyard, was a farm. Tom Cohen was a friend of mine. And learning about planting, because I'd hang out with Tom and his father and help them a little bit. It's best to plant, when you want to plant corn, it's best to plant two kernels of corn. From the two kernels, you get one stalk, and with each stalk, you get three to five ears of corn. Each ear of corn have about 400 to 600 kernels of corn or seeds. The principle of God in everything that he created from the beginning, sin came in, sin brought in selfishness, sin brought in anger, sin brought in all these, all the sin that's in this world. With God, what you give, you will always receive back more. Now, with this revelation of this principle of God, in Luke 6.38, let's read again. Let's, let's grab this. Let's get a hold of this. Window of opportunity, boom. We're diving through it. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. It is a great verse. It also is a terrible verse. Why am I saying that? Because it depends on what you give. Judgment can be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. Unforgiveness. Anger. Now, here's here's something I want to ask you. Is it possible you could put money in its context? Yes, of course. But when I teach on finances, I don't use this scripture for the basis of returning the tithe and giving of offering. Also, if you go back in the chapter, he is talking about money. Back in the chapter. So you can read that later. But I don't want us to lose the fullness of giving or having a heart to give or God does a work in my heart. God does a work in your heart. Let's read some scripture here now. And let's look at Luke 6, verse 30 through 34. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, 
do not ask them back. Just lay down and die. No, I, I added that. <laughs> you see how automatically you're, really? But what about if they judge not? Okay, watch. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? What do you mean, receive back? You mean just give the money or whatever? Hang on, folks, hang on. For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Verse 35, but love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. That's stupid, Pastor. If you're thinking about this through the flesh, it is stupid. And your reward will be great. What reward? And you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. See, in the culture of the church, for years, God was an ogre. God was this God that was up there going to slap you silly if you got out of line. And that's not the God the Bible describes. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. When you lend to someone, hope for nothing in return. Again, pastor, that's ridiculous. Jesus is saying, just as I gave before I would get anything back, you need to give the same way. He is speaking about the heart. He is speaking about where everything that you do comes from, how you are thinking, the cultural mentality that you have. Jesus is saying to you and me, let me make you a giver and not a taker. Let me make you someone who wants to give. When you land, your heart is not to get but to be a giver, hoping nothing is given back. Why I don't like the way Luke 6.38 is preached, it's preached, give and you will get. And that's not what Jesus was saying. That's not what Luke was reporting. So people say, man, I want to get, so I'm going to give. And then their binoculars are waiting for it to come back. So God is thinking, how wonderful. My church, all my people are getting the revelation of getting. 
That's what the Bible preaches, getting. That's what Pastor Gary's preaching, getting. That's not what they're preaching. That's not what is being taught here. In other words, so what we all need to do is give so that we can get. That's not what it is saying. And we have to get our minds and our hearts, I'm going to say it, out of the gutter. The revelation of Luke 6.38 is give, give, and more giving. To really bless others and help others, love people where they are at, that they can grow. Man, I, I forever been in church. That's why I had a season in my life, my teenage years, that I did not like the church. I thought the church was false. I thought the church was, was just, I thought the church was more wicked than the world was. Because I'd watch them. I had a friend, I won't say the names because this is recorded, I had a friend that used to get beat. He'd come to school with, with stitches and blood in the morning, come to school, and I helped clean him up because his mom would beat him up before he'd go to school so that he wouldn't do anything wrong at school. She was wicked, but she was one of those women in the church that would dance and praise the Lord. And I said, one plus one equals 20. This doesn't compute. People would judge and they'd sit in their seat and just look at people. The culture of the church, to me, was takers. And they did not give. And I want to say to you, the church must come to a place of realization we are the last bastion. We are the last place that the body of Christ can come to and be loved. But we teach our children to hate the church by the time they get 18, and when they're 18, they leave. Or they go run somewhere where they think that they can be happy, and they're not, they're not in there, and then they get 30 or 35 and come back to church. That's awful. It's awful, they're jumping from one place to another, looking for that place that's perfect. I promise you, when I came here a little over 13 years ago, if you were perfect, you weren't perfect anymore because I arrived. <laughs> Don't look at me that way. You're here too. You see, Jesus was trying to change the culture of the law. The law was judging and, and, and the Pharisees and Sadducees were looking at everybody and just staring at them and saying, you're wrong, you're bad, you're terrible. <laughs> and so they try to outgive each other to be better spiritually. Jesus said, look at that woman who gave the two mites and said, she's given more than that person. It was a millionaire that dumped all the coins in there. See, Jesus is saying it's about the heart. It's about creating a culture and a place where when people walk in, they feel loved. 
Yeah, but you know that person. Well, stop it. Don't judge. Just be what God called you to be. And God will give more of what you were giving. Are you following that? And it will change your home. It will change your business. Some of you have those, and I'm going to use a term because I got you all riled up now. Some of you got those idiots at work that every time they're around, they create problems. Right? Okay. I don't have any idiots at my work. No, just kidding. <laughs> so you go to work, and then everybody wants to go on the other side because they've already like... There she is. There he is. And they all have lunch together and they talk. And we try to, we try to help our children not to do that in preschool. Amen? Come on. And what God is saying, he's saying, I want you to understand. I've done a work. You are brand new, recreated. You are a giver now. Now line up your heart with the same thing of your spirit. Line your heart up. Let me bring correction. Let me bring it in. No longer will you judge. You will come because God called you here. You're going to come and you're going to shout and you're going to dance and you're going you're to worship God like crazy. You're going to get involved. You're going to do the things that God's called you to do. Why? Because he called you here and you have become a giver and God has done a work in your heart. We point our finger all the time. That person, that person. I'm not going to go to that elder because that elder said that they would call me and they didn't call me last week. So I'm mad. Really? Be a giver. Maybe that elder had a death in his family and he was just overwhelmed loss. And maybe you need to go to them and have them and forgive them. And maybe that elder just forgot. Church, who cares? Amen. It's changing the culture of your life. Because a lot of things that are going on, the pain and the struggle and the stress that are going on in your life is because what's happened is the things that you have created by not giving, <clears throat> by judging, and by doing all that, it is coming back on you, pressed down and running over. Amen. And so the word here, Jesus again, now watch, watch what happens here. Because some of you are sitting here and you're very uncomfortable with me. This is Sunday morning. This is usually a discipleship type talking. Okay? But Jesus, you know what he did? Sermon on the Mount? People, you get all the paintings and famous paintings of Sermon on the Mount. That Sermon on the Mount painting is wrong. What Jesus did is he took his disciples and a few others followed and they went up further and he discipled them how to go back down into the city and change the culture. 
Amen? And, and so here's Luke and here's Matthew writing it down, what's going on. So God says, let me develop the culture of the kingdom in your heart. If you let me change your heart and you will be a giver, not expecting anything in return, I will give back. I, everyone say God. God. That's who I is. I will give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God returns finances because we're tithing and we're giving, but we're judging and we're angry and we're frustrated, and it's running over also. We can't even see the blessings of the Lord. We're so frustrated with life, we can't even see the blessings of God because of all the other stuff that we have given. Unforgiveness, anger. The reason God gives us more is not because we gave. I'll say it again. The reason God gives us more is not because we gave, but because we gave with the right heart. We gave with the right heart. See, unforgiveness is not power. The world will tell you that is. Money is not power. Money is not power at all. If you think money is power, then let me give you the stories of people who had billions of dollars and they let their fingernails grow that long. And they laid in a dark room naked, not taking a bath for months. Let me tell you about kings who had it all, who lost it all. Because they didn't let God do a thing with their heart. But let me show you men and women, boys and girls, who let God do a work with the issue of their heart. And see that their family is whole and their family is healed. And see that there is such peace in their life. Church, we've learned about returning the tithe. We've learned about giving. We've learned about the money thing. But I want to tell you, God is more concerned about what you're becoming, not what you're doing. But when you become it, it's easy to return your tithe. It's easy to give your offering. Because literally, you're not expecting anything in return. Oh, that's not faith. That's what Jesus said, how long do I have to be with you? That's what he said to the disciples. Because he was teaching deep, dark, deep truths that are just powerful. And I want to tell you, you are so special to God You are so anointed of God. You have such an ability to totally change areas of your life, your family, your friends, your neighborhood, your job, your business, your church. You have the ability to change it if you become one that allows God to do a work in your heart. I promise you, everybody on this front row right here, within five years, we'll make one mistake at least. I know Liz, she's pretty perfect, but you know. <laughs> Known her a long time. 
But I want you to understand, this is, I, I feel it in my heart where God is just saying, I want to change your home. I want to change the situation you've been facing for years. But let me do a work in your heart and become that giver. Let's all stand.